This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. And thank you for being with us on The Vedic Wisdom. I want to talk to you about improving your intelligence. Now, from a bodily perspective of life, the intelligence is relatively limited, dictated by the quality of the body. There are certain species that are known to be very intelligent because the facility of the body allows the innate intelligence to express itself. And other bodies where the limitations caused make it that the intelligence is suppressed and unable to express itself. But the intelligence is not a fixed thing. It can be improved, it can be degraded. So what I want to do is talk to you a little bit about symptoms of both of these and correcting and acting in both of these concepts. Now, the first thing I have to give you, I've done this before, so I'll just go through quickly, and that is that the intelligence is higher than the mind. Now, we aren't really taught that there's a difference between the intelligence and the mind from in here. Now, we uh, sit down and study them as subject matter, but in your head, in your conscious awareness, we aren't, generally speaking, trained to decipher between the intelligence and the mind. You have to understand the intelligence is different from the mind, and it is superior, higher than the mind. Meaning that the mind has a greater tendency to be distracted or degraded than the intelligence does. Well, now, you've experienced it. It's not something, uh, you know, foreign. But your senses will pick up on something. Oh, look at that. And the mind is attracted to it, fixed on it. Okay, yeah, I'm taking that in. And then you go, well, should I do that or should I not do that? That's when the mind turns to the intelligence. The intelligence is the higher discerning capability to go, the result will be bad or the result will be good. And it tells the mind, do what's good. For your life, do what's good. Now, everybody knows that, right? Everybody knows if you're in a predicament where you have a choice to do something good or to do something bad, it doesn't take much to realize doing the good will have a better result than doing the bad. Okay? Because we all know what karma is. We all know you do good, you get good. You do bad, you get bad. Simple. So that's an aspect, that's a subject that the intelligence inherently knows. We all know if you do good, you get good. You do bad, you get bad. And the intelligence goes, well, that's one of my principles that I decide things on. And so the intelligence advises the mind, go ahead, do it, it's good. Go ahead, it's fine. And the mind, with free conscience, or with the approval of the intelligence, does this subject, yes, it was a good deal, good result, wow, move on, life's better. So that's the first understanding, that you should not act impulsively under the directions of the mind, that the mind and the senses should always remain under the control of the intelligence who is discerning what's good for me and what's bad for me. And if I keep that as a standard of going through my life, I will have a better and better a good life as I go through it. Even if things go wrong, I'll be able to get through what goes wrong better. If one doesn't do that, 
the mind tries to take control and say, oh, shut up, I don't care what you're saying, I'm going to do it anyway. And the intelligence becomes, it's described in Vedic literature, it becomes irresolute and many-branched. Such that the mind becomes feeble. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I can't, I'm not sure. What should I, what should I do? I, I, can't, I can't make a decision. I'm not, oh, boy. I don't know. And this is because the mind has not been bridled and has been beating on the intelligence to where the intelligence loses confidence and isn't guiding you. It isn't your best friend. It isn't helping you to improve your lot. You should not allow the intelligence to be carried away by the mind and the senses and to be godless and to try to say that there is no responsibility for your actions. These things uh, split and fragment, deteriorate the intelligence and make it difficult for you to advance your life. Okay? Now that's everything. That's relationships, that's intelligence, learning, scholarship, uh, that's uh, capability of performing work in a focused manner. There's a whole variety of things that deteriorate when the intelligence has been beaten by the mind and senses and disregarded, disrespected. But on the other hand, if one is able to control his mind and senses, which is the sign that one is a human, his intelligence becomes purified and he becomes more and more exalted and he becomes more spiritual and he ends up a servant of God and he ends up purified to where he knows what is right and wrong in almost all cases and instances. And his consciousness is then steady and it's fixed in the service of God. Devotional service to the Lord is unself-motivated devotional service where the mind and the senses, which are basically selfish, are under control and the intelligence, which is doing what's right, is the leader. And this uh, irresolute determination where uh, the consciousness is fixed on one divine steady perspective of life. I am an eternal servant of God. I have a duty and responsibility to render service to the Lord's plan. And the best, my best interest is to execute that service selflessly and to the best of the abilities given to me in this material body. So this is far better than the instructions and intention of the mind and senses, which is gimme, 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 gimme. It's called fruitive work. I want, so I'll do it. I want, again, I'll do that. And all of this leads the living entity into a selfish perspective of life and further entanglement in the laws of karma, the modes of nature, and he becomes godless. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. It's all about what I, I think, what I interpret to be best at this moment. For me, I want. When the intelligence has control, the intelligence is steady and has a higher consciousness point of view and is using that point of view uh, on a consistent basis to elevate the understanding and elevate the performance and elevate the selflessness of you or I, the living entity. So... <clears throat> This means that the living entity's experience, life, passes out of delusion. 
the, the things that would cause confusion and cause anxiety in a normal person of average intelligence doesn't happen to the person who has strengthened his intelligence. The intelligence goes, no, I know that it's not good. You can't make me do it. This is what uh, people who are addicted to anything, an alcoholic, for example, they have difficulty telling the mind, no, I know that drinking isn't any good for you. It isn't good for our experience. They need a resolute intelligence. No, I won't allow you to have anything. You aren't going to do that. My intelligence, your intelligence, the intelligence says, we know the result. It isn't good. Don't do the act. And this is the path out. And many times people have been uh, berating their good intelligence for so much of their life, they find it very difficult to break a habit or an addiction because their intelligence doesn't have the strength to tell their mind no. But if you simply tell yourself, take a vow, I have taken a vow, I will not, whatever the case was, this one, I will not drink anymore, not at all, no, I'm done. Resolute determination resolved. And then the intelligence stands on it. It does not allow the mind to break the rules does not allow the senses to abstract it, does not allow the association to degrade it, does not allow the event to take place after that, what do you know? Not only is the addiction overcome, but the higher qualities and the capabilities of the living entity are realized. Generally speaking, people that kick addiction become very strong. They actually realize, wait a minute, I can draw upon my intelligence and overcome this problem. And now I'm not only of use to me, but I'm of use to others. And I have more capacity. I have more uh, intensity in my own life. And I share that. I give that. I exude that to others. This concept of beating the attractions of the mind and the senses with the good intelligence is a beneficial experience irrespective of when you try it, when you do it, how long it lasts, whatever. It is always beneficial to t allow the intelligence to be the dominating factor. So you can improve your life and simultaneously improve the strength of your intelligence by taking a subject and making a vow to yourself. Make a vow to the spiritual master. Make a vow to God. When you take a vow, it means this will not be broken. That is what vow means. This will not be broken. So, if you take that vow, that commitment, you can overcome addiction. And simultaneously, you realize my intelligence is strong. And when I actually lean on my intelligence, after a period of uncomfortable conflict between my mind and my intelligence, it all calms down. And you find yourself a better person, capable of more, appreciated by more other, other people. People who see you have overcome this problem they're respectful. They're in awe. They go, oh, I couldn't do that. How'd you do that? And it's a growth, a significant step up growth. When one 
it actually strengthens his intelligence and follows his intelligence. And it says in the Bhagavad Gita that one ends up purifying his intelligence and allows his intelligence to maintain a higher position permanently than the mind. And he becomes uh, uh, a superior mentality being. And he becomes attracted to God, to God's service. Service to God, the Lord's plan, my place in it, totally happy. This is the devotional platform. The devotional platform is described in the Vedic literature and Bhagavad Gita and the Krishna consciousness movement. Is that platform where you're executing activities for the satisfaction of the spiritual master and or the satisfaction of the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna without expectation of return, without cheating propensity, without neglect. In general, it's called favorably. Favorably executing the service allotted to you in the grand plan to the best of your ability without expectation of return, simply being satisfied with the pleasure you're giving the Supreme Lord. This is called selfless devotional service. The platform of selfless devotional service is unprecedented. It's unprecedented in yoga. It's unprecedented in philosophy. It's unprecedented in fruitive activities. It's unprecedented in uh, all aspects of evolutionary development of the consciousness. What can be achieved by devotional service cannot be achieved by any other form, type of yoga, meditation, self-realization, anywhere. Why? Because the devotional service concept is not doing it directly for oneself. It's doing something for the satisfaction of the Lord. And the Lord is the one who's deciding the result you'll get. You're not doing business and barter. I'll do this if you give me that. Uh-uh. I'll do this for your satisfaction. If you wish to reward me, I accept. If you don't, I accept. When you become selfless, the Lord becomes appreciative. That means you're surrendering your independence for the satisfaction of the Supreme Lord. And you can practice that with anyone who is devoted. You serve a servant of the spiritual master, or you serve the spiritual master, or you serve the Supreme Personality of Godhead. All of it is on the absolute platform, and it purifies your heart and consciousness such that your next service can be better. Your detachment from expectation of a return gets better. And the better it gets, the more the Lord appreciates your service and surrender. And he can reciprocate at any level he sees fit. The Lord can award you uh, a benediction, let's say, far superior to anything you can earn. So your self-determination, self-focus, self-endeavor will get you a good or a bad result. But to serve under the instructions of the spiritual master, totally selflessly for the satisfaction of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, can return beyond your expectations, beyond your understanding. So if you really want to make advancement, 
You have to give up the self point of view and you have to adopt the devotional point of view. And this is the essence of the Vedic literature. To teach you the importance, the methods, to teach you the significance, to teach you the perfection of devotional service. All of the expressions of the saints, all the expressions of the devoted, all the expressions of the sadhus, all the expressions of the munis, self-realized spiritual masters, all of the expressions about all of their lives and activities is to help you understand examples and experiences in the devotional service of the Lord. And I can tell you, because I have read a lot of this, it is absolutely enthralling to hear some of the wonderful, unbelievably compassionate and kind things the Lord is willing to do for anyone who sacrifices their material struggle for existence in surrender to his service. A little bit of service can save you from the most dangerous position in life. Now, in this particular age, we're given a significant boon there is no way other than the glorification of the holy name, chanting and singing the holy names of God. The potency and the uh, uh, purity invested in the transcendental Maha Mantra is so unbelievably unique. It is the only pure benediction for this age. In this age, there are so many things that go wrong that the holy name of the Lord is so purifying, it cleanses lifetimes worth of sinful activities. What is a sinful activity? When one chooses to enjoy life and take no responsibility for the result. That is sinful life. Just want to enjoy and nobody can tell me I can't. Nobody can tell me I'll be responsible for what I do, make or break. This mentality is called sinful mentality. And it must be corrected. And it's corrected by hearing the spiritual master explain devotional service to you. And offering you an opportunity to start your devotional life. And you start your devotional life by hearing the instructions of the spiritual master and chanting the Maha Mantra, the great mantra for deliverance. It clears the mirror of the mind so you can see in proper perspective. And it encourages you and it gives you a taste of the nectar of love of God where you're headed. That combination removes all of the lifetime's worth of karmetic reactions, sinful or pious activities, removes all of that, and it encourages you to further your selfless devotion. And the progress is very, very rapid. We have enough sinful reactions, enough sinful mentality on us due to our selfishness that it could take centuries to clean ourselves to a purified condition. The opportunity is there in chanting the Hare Krishna mantra. If you use the Hare Krishna Maha mantra, the purification can be done in this very life. This is the opportunity that's afforded to us through the mercy of the Lord. He starts out by giving. He's selfless too. He's giving all of us living entities the opportunity of accepting this Maha Mantra, accepting this Bhagavad Gita as it is, accepting the spiritual master Srila Prabhupada's instructions. 
He's giving that to you. And if you accept it and adopt it, the door is open to the highest level of purification in one lifetime. That in this very life, one can be freed from hundreds of lifetimes of sinful activities. This is the great opportunity of this age. It has so many faults and so many flaws. We have so much bad association. We have so much illusion and confusion around our lives at every step. But if we read the Vedic literature and we understand hearing and chanting is the basic principle for purification and upliftment, we actually can achieve absolute success in one lifetime. This one lifetime. So take this opportunity. Read Bhagavad Gita as it is. Use the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. All the time, any time, however you can use it as a tool for purification and reach the highest platform of love of God. This is the gift of the devotional concept of life, the higher intelligence. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.